Are you a Jedi? I am. Back in my day, my name is David Petrangelo. I am back this week, and I'm lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power and Ian Walter. Gents, I'm just going to get us right into it because um, we've had off and on talk about The Mandalorian over the last, I guess, basically 14 months since the first season came out. It was uh, one of our favorite, if not our, our actually our favorite show uh, collectively as as a uh, podcast last year. And now the finale just hit. The last two episodes have hit, and the finale was a big one. I think it was one of their longest episodes, and uh, more than a couple of things happened. And a lot of people may have already seen online what it was and have already seen the episode, but we thought it's now our chance to sort of talk about it. Um, sort of talk about it is like a, that's such a weird way to say, like, we, we're going to try and touch every last little angle of it as we can, <laughs> I think. But uh, yeah, Mandalorian wrapped up season two, and we've had quite a bit of um, chatter online about however people are feeling about it. And I think overall, I would say before we get into any details, I, I would speak for all three of us that we that we enjoyed it, right? At, at le- the season as a whole, I think, and then the way that they wrapped up the season, I think, was something that we enjoyed. Uh, Ian, what, what's, your, what's your overall overall? Hell yeah. Um, like you <laughs> hell said, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> Well, like you said, favorite show of last year, and I don't see anything being any cooler than this this year, so I'm going to go ahead and declare <laughs> 2020 <laughs> a lock. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so it's definitely my favorite show of the year, and uh, man, it, 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 it outshined itself, really, in my mind, so... Yeah, and the last few episodes were really, were really cool too. I think it's not I even think just... Once it ramped long. up, I think about mid-season, it just never stopped. It just kept yeah. gaining traction. Yeah, and this this episode in particular was definitely one that um, didn't stop. Like the the action stuff pretty much started right away. I mean, they had what five minutes out of a forty five minute episode with, I guess you could call it downtime, and then after that it was just nonstop. So, uh, Mike, what about you? Quick thoughts. So, yeah, total agreement. I think I said even last episode that we recorded how it was already my my favorite show of the year and that before I even saw this episode and now this episode has just put it over the top because it was just so so epic so yeah I so they I landed the plane you. did they oh yeah <laughs> it wasn't they a crash stuck landing. The landing. yeah <laughs> stuck the landing yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so just we've said like we've sung its praises a lot on the show yeah. I said it's the yeah. best the best live action Star Wars since Empire like if you were if you were including it with the movies, it'd be like probably number two for me. And it's crazy because I think as a series, it's like 12 hours long, which is like the length of, I don't know, four movies or something. So it's like its own trilogies worth of content. It's just yeah. in one show. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely love Mandalorian. I think it came, came, comes along and almost like saves star Wars after that last movie and, you know, makes live action star Wars like, relevant good again yeah it gives me hope for the future so yeah yeah we're sitting uh, more which is something you guys talked about a lot uh last time too about the future of everything so Mm -hmm. that's a whole other thing that we will get into for sure um okay so i guess we'll uh i don't know there any detail i mean obviously the ending is something we're going to talk about for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) of course but do we want to break it down just like from the start and go 
I think so. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I think we just sort of start from the beginning. And I mean, we know. I I don't know. I th I think that there was a lot of cool action in it, right? So it's a lot of a lot of discussion about how how these action set pieces sort of break down. I think. Mm. Um, yeah, for sure. So how they infiltrate the ship is basically where you're going to start, I guess. When I you know I I guess they sort of take. Um, oh, well, it the starts names. off in the middle of action, right? They're chasing they down an imperial uh, shuttle. Yes, yeah, that's where it starts. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was actually a cool. Uh, that was. It's not. I guess when I was saying downtime, I guess the downtime is even after that when they're just trying to figure out how to infiltrate the ship. <laughs> but other than yeah. that, uh, yeah, it starts off right away. It's sort of a bit of a standoff, I guess, in that ship to try and get the. Um, is he referred to as? She's just referred to as a scientist, I think, right? A researcher, Doctor Pershing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think they actually confirmed his title as being like a clone scientist. So, yeah, so he's a clone yeah, they specialist. Yes, they definitely so, used, the, used the word clone a couple times, which is which is cool. So, which was the speculation when we first saw him that, you know, there's that there's some link to that. I think. Well, and when, it's confirming uh, what we saw in the vats when they did the raid on the, you know, that episode when they oh, raided yeah. the Imperial installation. Yeah, the third or fourth episode there on yeah, Navarro. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool, and then they. Uh, they were able there was to, that little Mexican standoff. I don't know if yeah. that's uh, a term, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean. Where uh, where he was being held up. Yeah, I think it was interesting. They they sort of they they found a way in the in the episode and starting with this this one to sort of give every character a little bit of their own piece. I think, um, and I guess this was and and a little bit after this too. But this is Cardoon's sort of piece. I think she, they gave her give you a sense that she was kind of frustrated and pissed off with her reaction and how yeah. she's handling it. Cause it didn't seem like, I mean, I know that last season she was, had no problem getting into the action and killing people and stuff, but it didn't seem like she was in that place anymore because now she was an officer or, or you know, and she was sort of, or the marshal, I guess. And then all of a sudden she's just, all right, I'm fed up with this. I'm just going to shoot this guy, you know, like, let's just, let's get him out of yeah. here. Yeah. And you can kind of understand why she would pop off. Um, when, when she starts antagonizing the fact that, uh, her whole planet blew up, and and it kind of redeems that moment we made fun of in uh, I think it was episode three, <laughs> or at the end of episode two actually, where um, she's just like, "What are you talking? Like, of course I lost people. Have you like, lost what are you? Anyone? <laughs> yeah. What kind of question? Uh, no, that? I didn't lose a single soul. I'm not actually from Alderaan, so yeah, no, I'm just just a story. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm that fucked up. It's just a story that I tell. <laughs> oh, the, one uh, says that there's a great disturbance. Oh wait, no, Caridun's fine. So no, no, she's oh, her good. Whole, good whole family's good. Let's move on. <laughs> the funny thing about the cool thing about that exchange, or I guess the funny thing, was that it's been sort of like a joke that people have told about how like Luke is such a monster. Like he destroyed like the Death Star is like a planet, right? And he destroyed like he just like killed an entire planet's worth of people. You know, and a lot of those people like. You know they're evil, so it's okay. But maybe some of them are sort of like not evil and just working for the empire because they had to, or they're enslaved or whatever, right? And so they kind of like took that joke and like made it kind of real, yeah. Because um, it's never been mentioned before. All the people that he killed on the Death Star, and then the Imperial guy was kind of like, "I worked on that Death Star, and like millions of people lost their lives." And just like I was just like, "Holy crap, Luke is like." Luke's body count is high. Man. Yeah, that guy's got a high body count. If you're comparing body counts of like uh, 
killers in movies. Like now you have to put Luke Skywalker like near the top, you know. But wow. he did have help, so maybe that number gets spread out to the other. Uh, well, but it was yeah, his maybe, maybe the whole rebellion <laughs> has to take that on. But yeah, yeah, he's exactly. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, he's definitely the trigger man, I guess. His yeah. rocket blew up the Death Star. He's directly responsible. <laughs> no, it's if it wasn't true. for him, true. and he didn't even he didn't even use his targeting computer. So yeah exactly <laughs> gutless. <laughs> just, just gutless. gutless move <laughs> it was for the greater good but still like but uh, still. it's just funny uh, that they, they like that they kind of like, made that canon eh? Mike's yeah, not just, no, just, they've gone to just, great lengths to sort of uh throw a little sympathy the empire's way in in the in the sense that not all of them are raging evil monsters at the top level like you've seen with some of the officers but like Obviously, they're all bad in a sense that they've agreed to do what they've agreed to do, but it's the whole allegory that we mentioned about war times and this and that. Which, so. is, mm-hmm. which is part of, I think, the point of having Finn as a character. Right. Uh, yeah, and they, they, and were, the they, were, they were like a different type, type of stormtrooper who were like slaves and stuff, yeah, right? Exactly. So it's like, it adds a little bit of like, you didn't think twice about it when you first watched the movie. You just yeah. thought, oh, wait, yeah, Luke, we won. We pulled the Death Star. And then like, the more they dig into it, the more you, it makes you think of like, all the people that he murdered and like <laughs> that's just, now it's, just it's a tricky balance because at the end of the day the death star is the death star and it's going around blowing up full-on planets yeah people. so uh yeah exactly i mean you got to take it with a grain of salt yeah yeah like i said i never would have thought <laughs> with a grain of all until, they, sand. until they started sort of putting this in there right and maybe it's just to make <laughs> luke even more of a badass i don't know or him more mm. conflicted which which i think uh which I think they're yeah, getting deeper into, right? Because they got yeah. you got a taste of that in Jedi, and now um, I guess a little bit towards the end of this episode. Well, opinion? we'll definitely get into so. Luke's badassery, but uh, yeah. I guess what you're um, basically Intense. saying is they're they're storming Moff Gideon's cruiser, um, and yeah. they got a, the main mission, the whole mission of this season, pretty much, or at least to, since uh, Grogu got captured, is to get him back, get him yeah, safe, to get him back, yeah. And uh, and a cool cool sort of action sequence when they when they uh, when they break in I think a lot of uh, they sort of make their plan they sort of plan out and they spread out I guess yeah and they got to recruit some people along the way which I was happy to see which was yeah which was cool yeah I thought that was that was cool to have them back um, and uh, of course for am I I don't know for plot reasons Mando goes on his own you know <laughs> yeah. I, I work alone. Well, you haven't been the last few weeks, but okay. <laughs> they did some twisty things with uh, how that battle played out and like who faced who and yeah. what, what yeah. was to be expected. Um, but I, I definitely liked Bo-Katan, and I keep forgetting her counterpart's name, but it's something Reeves. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, man, like when they go to recruit them, there's that whole exchange with Boba Fett as well, which I thought was really cool. The Sama belonged to my father. Don't you mean your donor? Careful, princess. I've heard your voice thousands of times. Mine might be the last one you hear. Uh, just the fact that she recognized his voice from the Clone Wars because all the clones are based oh, on yeah, his father, Jango Fett. Yeah, that um, was cool. And really so cool. it's like, there's the whole like, well, he, and you know he doesn't like that because he doesn't consider himself a clone. Yeah. Uh, or at least not on the same level. And so, yeah, uh, that was pretty cool. And Remind then, of course, me, is he a clone or is he actually his son? He is a clone. Yeah. It's uh, not like Jango Fett had a, a wife or anything. Like he wasn't born like that. He was he was made on the you know the cloning facility on Camino, mm-hmm. but um, 
the one stipulation was Django wanted one of the clones to be unaltered and therefore didn't have the accelerated aging or anything like that. He was basically treated as a son. Yeah, which is why he was a kid in episode two. Gotcha. Yeah. Which actually, uh, you could draw a parallel with Django as a villain and uh, Din as a as the Mandalorian, because of yeah. the fact that they had uh, sons that they had to raise. Yep, yep, hmm. for sure. Uh, I forgot about that. I thought he was just legitimately his son. I forgot that he was a clone, so he's going to grow up to look exactly like his dad. And he looks like the stormtrooper. Well, all right? the, like the yeah, clones. all the clones look like Django, look right? The same. So, yeah, and that's why see, they sound the same, and that's why she thought. Same. Okay, you're not mm-hmm. a Mandalorian, you're a clone. Yeah. They all have the accent. <laughs> and he's also not a Mandalorian. He's like a changeling or something, which is not the same, right? Like even Django's not technically a Mandalorian. Right, but it, um, it fits with what yeah. you said, um, Mike, in that anyone can be a foundling, a.k.a. Mandalorian, under mm-hmm. the mask. But I think that Bo-Katan could, based on the voice, relatively assume that he's not really a Mandalorian based on the fact that he's a clone. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything. I guess next is sort of like Mando runs into he's oh, he's he's actually running to try and stop the the troopers. Well, what did you guys think? Did you know that the dark troopers were going to be where Mando was headed? Because I had no idea. Yeah, they said it because they said it before. They said we need to try and stop it before we get to the bridge or something. Like he they wanted said, to use the the code thing to stop them, right? Exactly. Is that what yeah. he was doing? Yeah, okay. which is why he which is what he plugged into that door or whatever to All open right. the blast that makes doors sense. and stuff. Yeah, they said it really briefly. It was quick. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. And I think he was, it was on his way to Grogu, and that's sort of why. Yeah. Um, so he went on his own to go there, and it was on the way, and the fight was really cool with it. Um, Can I just say, if I, if the Passenger episode was an homage to Alien, this was definitely an homage to Terminator. Come on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those yeah, those droids. Those are... things were monsters. <laughs> yeah, and they had like the close-ups on the eyes and the face, and everything was just like... <laughs> and that's actually, that was one of the things I said out loud. I was just telling Ian before we started recording that um, usually during these episodes that I'm watching with the wife, I'm I'm saying sort of like explaining some of the context of who the characters are or why it's important they're on this planet or why it's cool that this character showed up and things like that. And like what that armor is, you know, I have to explain the sort of Boba Fett armor a little bit more at the beginning of the season and stuff. And in this one, this episode, I was sort of doing less of that and more, Oh, that's cool. Oh. And at the point when he's fighting the droid, I was like, Oh my God, this is like the Terminator. (laughs) Yeah. He's on the ground on his back and the thing's coming after him and, and, and then he picks him up and starts punching him. I'm like, this is the Terminator. It's yeah. the first thing I thought of. <laughs> and, I mean, you can kind of tell why they made the choices they made. But I have, it, like, I have to mention the fact that I thought a lot of the action choices, the way they were made, was very clever. In the sense that they had to, to kind of build slowly to this crescendo that we experienced yeah. during the climax. I think like, so. Yeah. I, I thought that a lot of the times it did feel like they were in peril with these uh, dark troopers running around. Well, yeah, because you see them just beat the crap out of him, you know. Yeah. Like he, he not gets he doesn't get lucky necessarily to defeat the one, but but they of make course it pretty... they made it so that only one had to face off because you yeah. knew after that if they face that whole platoon, they're done. Yeah, which is exactly what uh, um, Thinks says earlier. He goes, "Well, now you have a bunch. Look, right. look how how tough it was against just one." Yeah, and that, that's one of those the, pieces yeah. of dialogue that's like total yeah. exposition dump, but at the same time, yeah. you already know it because like, you feel it. Yeah, you're, well, he says that and you go, oh, yep, he's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, uh, Mike, what did you think of the Dark Trooper stuff and, and like that that fight more specifically? Yeah, same as you guys. Yeah, same as you guys. It was awesome. They were, they did a good job building them up to be like really formidable, so that at the end they could have that awesome scene. So that not only did this was the scene like really well constructed in the action, but also had like purpose for later, right? So it was yeah. all like really really good like storytelling. Yeah, and it was also great that they were able to in, introduce them in the Boba Fett episode because then they weren't so... I feel like they would have been maybe a little jarring if you were like, what the hell are these? Like, but you already were anticipating them. Yeah, a little taste of them, yeah. Yeah, they'd been set up like in a previous episode as like the the very last scene. And, and so you knew they were going to be like sort of a big deal. And, and you know, we I think we said last week when we gave our predictions, actually a bunch of the stuff we said came true, but I think we said like... <laughs> The dark troopers are gonna come into play, and he's gonna fight Moff Gideon. And then I think we even said like someone was gonna show up at the end, save the day. So we we got pretty close. Right. I gotta well, tell you, I I'd love say Moff. that's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> he's always been a cool villain, but he had a bit more uh, I don't know uh, range in this episode because of the way he yeah. kind of played the games. He was they, playing they with Mando, more, and then he... yeah, they gave him more to do in this episode. And he's such a good actor too; it's it's mm-hmm. awesome. And then, the, and then they guess. I guess they have their little standoff too, right? When he find, finally finds Gregor, I thought that was a cool. Well, scene. that's it, right? Like, so you you don't know at this point. I didn't even realize that there was a chunk of time left, but you don't really know what's going to happen after that face off because you're like, oh, okay, yeah. he, you know what I mean? They have they square off, but then the way it le- leaves off, you're like, well, what's going to happen after this? Like, yeah, you don't really know. Um, but I thought it was a pretty cool matchup. It, it seemed though that like as normal, like. Mando has the upper hand. Yeah, and then and then they because of the Beskar. They tease ahead. Yeah, the, earlier in the episode, or was it late previous episode where they say the dark can't cut through Beskar? So it's just like basically, he's a human wearing a Terminator skin. Is kind of what they're getting at yeah. now at this point <laughs> because he gets punched fifteen times by the by the droid and doesn't die, and then he gets hit by the dark saber, nothing happens. He gets hit by lightsaber, nothing happens. You know. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really think about the dark troopers after he ejected them. I'm like, all right, so this is wrapping up in a nice little bow. Yeah, I I thought. I thought, oh, well, that was, I mean, it was cool that they got a standoff. They got a chance to show, like, how crazy they were and stuff. And I never thought that they would, yeah, they would be sort of flying back with, with. I don't know if that was all of them or more of them came. It seemed like there was more when they came back than when he opened the, the blast door, but I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, I never really thought, I thought, oh, okay, well, they had their chance and, and they were intimidating enough. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, that's that's not too bad. But I think it made sense that they came back, too. I thought that was cool. So, um yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean there's there's things that happen in between. I mean, Grogu has his little "Daddy, save me" moment, you know, when he sees him and stuff. And there's the fight with uh, with Moff Gideon, which is I think is cool. I think is really good. This child is extremely gifted and has been blessed with rare properties that have the potential to bring order back to the galaxy. Well, what's interesting was that Din has really shown that his mission has really become truly about just saving the child and yeah. you know fuck my credo yeah that kind of <laughs> stuff much. just just like you know i'll take my helmet off if it means saving the child i'll give you this dark saber if it means saving the child that kind of yeah. stuff so it was pretty cool to see i think he's like fully transformed at this point yeah and that's well, i think that serves a purpose it serves a purpose to show you like he's so adamant about his creed and you would never break his creed for so many episodes and then 
Um, for and then it's like for Baby Yoda, he's willing to break his creed left, right, center, and that just goes to show. That's just I think trying to show like how much Baby Yoda like means to him. So yeah, I think that I, was like a big setup and payoff of like of like now when he starts breaking his creed like crazy, you know that it's a big deal to him, and so you know how much because he doesn't have you know a face, you know you can know how how much like emotion there is for him when with with Grogu. So I think that's why it was like that, and it worked well because. Yeah, um, he really got that across with like, oh crap! Like he never breaks his creed, but he's willing to for Baby Yoda. That's so sweet. You know, Which begs the question. Yeah. Now that I think about it, are we ever gonna hear this is the way from him ever again? Because like he's not really right. following the way. That's true. Because that's like, what it was for. Yeah, this yeah, is I the way. So. Did did lead to the mission of you know saving the child and bringing him back to his people, but. At the same time, he took off the helmet, and we all know what uh, the armor was saying about doing that. So, well, and it's and Mike, to your point too, or both your guys' points about him, sort of how meaningful it really is, is that that's just what we've seen this in this show, right? He's presumably been, you know, following the way for thirty years, twenty-five years, whatever it is, since he sort of put on the armor and stuff. So. Yeah, well, he was a child when he was found. So. Exactly, right? So it's sort of, you know, he's let's let's say he's in he's 40 years old. Like he's been doing it for that long. And then this is what it took after all that time. And obviously because he's the type of uh, Mandalorian that he is, he's going from place to place to place to to do the job and all that kind of stuff for the creed and everything and um you know, he's done so much and gone through so much and it just took this for this to happen, right? So I think you're right, Mike. I think that that impact is uh, it, to me, it's even more significant because I realize, oh shit, yeah, no, he hasn't been doing this for two years. He's been doing this for thirty-five or forty, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Um, so I yeah, guess yeah, he bests Moff Gideon pretty easily, I'd say, after the yeah. uh, subterfuge, and then yeah. he uh, hauls him off to. Uh, but the, I, the uh, interesting thing is how the, it all plays together with the dark saber, and and when he confronts Bo-Katan with Moff Gideon, and how that plays out. I want to just point out that they did something really cool, which is they found a way to have a lightsaber battle or like a sword yeah. battle, but neither of them had lightsabers. Yeah, that's so, true. Like that's that, true. so that I was like, that's so cool. Like they set it up so well through so many episodes of, you know, Star Wars. At the end of the day, big lightsaber battles are always key part of Star Wars. Yeah. And so this is like the Mandalorian version where it's like is for all intents and purposes lightsaber battle, but technically neither one of them have a lightsaber. But they're still able to do that hand to hand combat type fight. That's yeah, you know, Star Wars. So that was awesome. And well I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but when he I don't know, when he quite when Ahsoka gives him that Beskar spear, I was thinking, okay, well this is the weapon. This is the thing he's gonna face off against the Darksaber with. Because like yeah. he's gonna have something to go up against Moff Gideon with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I noticed when they ran onto the ship, I was like, oh, he's got it on his back for the first time. Oh, it's he's he's carrying it with him for the first time. You see it sort of sticking out of his out of his pack in the back. So um, I didn't I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any other underlying story to this. It sounded like this was the first time we heard of it about the Darksaber. But I didn't love the whole like, oh, she can't take it because it, she didn't win it. It's like they're just I, I don't know. I don't know yeah, if it's just foreshadowing it's... what's going to happen later that they do have to face each other. Um, but I did like his reaction to it because that would have been mine. Like, just just take it. I I concede. Just take it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so I, it's an interesting thing you point out because I think that is uh, people are kind of rattled about that 
especially people who already are aware of the Darksaber, because just like the whole creed of the ancient creed of not taking off your helmet, which was yeah. never a thing in the Mandalorian culture during the Clone Wars, that was never a thing. That's, so that's new. Just like that's new, the uh, Darksaber, kind of the way that it gets passed and the way it gets grants its power kind of thing, that is a new angle to the Darksaber mm -hmm. that wasn't explored when it it has popped up in previous series like Clone Wars and Rebels. And they've never really... Yeah, there's even, there's even a part in Rebels that contradicts that. So there, there oh. might be more to that story. It's I what see. you call in the old comic book world a, yeah. a good old-fashioned retcon. Where yeah, it's a, it's, it's it, a retcon. To it's make things retcon, more interesting, but, they're rewriting a piece. Because the cartoons aren't really, really canon. You know, they're bringing them in now. So they have a chance to sort of rewrite little its bits and parts. So, But that's why it's interesting. Um, because it is a show that is run by Dave Filoni. Filoni, yeah. Who ran the animated series and does consider them highly canon. So it's an interesting yeah. thing well, I think they are, they that are you would make that canon. choice. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing is that and a lot of time happened between rebels and this, right? So something so, happened in between is basically what they're saying. Yeah. And I'm that. wondering if they're willing to make a retcon as bold as that, then they have something up their sleeve a la like when you meet Bo-Katan and she makes Din realize that he's following a completely different way than what they've been following. Right. Which I always thought was sort of a cool thing when they met earlier in the season. I thought I liked that too. That was interesting. Um, I think it right. serves a plot a plot purpose too. I think this is a hundred percent why it's because he no longer has Baby Yoda. So Baby Yoda is super important because he's this Force user. The Empire wants him. He's a Jedi kind of want him. So that gives Mando's quest like such purpose. And then if he's going to lose Baby Yoda, he needs something else to give him purpose to make him sort of important in the Star Wars universe. So like making the lights, the dark saber, bounded to him was like. A way to do that, right? So I think that's totally it exists as a plot mechanic. So it's a retcon for like a good reason. Um, so you know it's not that uncommon. So if it's a good reason behind the retcon, and if it's a plot reason, and if it's for a character, then I think people will be willing to sort of just ignore it, accept it, and sort of move on. And they'll yeah, probably do that. But for you a few know things, that they'll but... do exactly like you know that they will do that. But they'll also like you know plant uh, some sort of plot hole repair mechanism in one of sure. these stories yeah, that so kind of explains yeah, maybe, it away, right? Maybe an entire movie like Rogue One. <laughs> like Rogue One, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, and actually, just to kind of foreshadow, obviously, what we're getting to, um, yeah. with Rogue One, Mike, like, despite, I know you not liking it, was one of the reasons why the actual aesthetics and, because I know you like the Vader scene. Did you have mm -hmm. a problem with the the actual de-aging and the, the digitization of it? Um, oh, in Rogue One. Yeah, like, was, was that okay. one of the reasons yeah. why you didn't like it, or was that just no, kind no, of, like, no. besides that the point? Yeah, no, that wasn't one of the reasons. Okay, so that's not, like, yeah, because I think a lot of people are kind of talking about the way that they're digitizing some of these characters, and I'm like, well, a lot of fans like the animated stuff, so I don't know why you'd really gripe on that. Like, you, it's one thing to be like, oh, it, wasn't, it, didn't, it took me out of it for a moment, or it wasn't for me, but it's a whole mm -hmm. other thing to say that, like, the aesthetics or the digital aspects of the show are like, and like so bad that it makes the show bad. Mm -hmm. Which I I'm not on that bandwagon, but no, I know that's a lot neither. of people's complaints. I I actually liked the the Leia part in Rogue One because it was so brief as part of it, and it was well, a surprise mm -hmm. in my mind. Yeah, like like there is the uncanny valley, hundred percent. Like there's no yeah, avoiding yeah. that. But oh, yeah. at the same time, 
I love the way Rogue One ends because it's literally roll credits and you could have a new hope starting up and it's seamless. That's, that's what I loved about it too. I love that part. I mean, I know that's just the ending, but I love that part too. It's, and it, gives, it was, uh, gives so much more weight to worse. Vader when he arrives on that ship when he boards because it's yes. like, oh my God, you know what he went through to get there. Yeah. 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 Um, no, it's fine. Yeah, I guess that brings us to what happens at the end. That brings us to the big, the big surprise. The last, uh, the last eight minutes, ten minutes of the episode. All the, are the dark troopers come back? They, oh, there's uh, someone's boarding the ship. There's no life forms. Uh oh, it must be droids. Um, yeah, so they all come back and they're ready to wreck shop. They're, they're literally. I love, I love how. Wreck shop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I love how they don't. They don't even use like a laser or nothing, or they. I guess they can't to break the door open. They just fucking punch the thing for yeah. like ten minutes, and they have nowhere to go. It's it's kind of like we're, do something, but they actually can't because there's nowhere for them to go. Right? Like they literally the can't go anywhere. Most advanced droids ever, and they're yeah. just punching. They just bam, bam. <laughs> they're just rock'em sock'em robots on the but door. But like, like I that's said, what unstoppable <laughs> Terminators. That's exactly what they are. Like yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. You can be safe behind your doors, but for how long? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so and then um, and then in comes in comes the lone X-wing. Uh, oh man, was that not cool to see? Yeah, it was. It's cool that it was it's through so cool. the the screen too. I love how they did that for a cup for more than a few shots. I thought that was great because you one you get their perspective, and two obviously they're trying to hide who it is. <laughs> guys and right away say like oh it's it's got to be him not right away but uh star wars is full of echoes and i just thought of another echo and it's rise of skywalker when they see that uh, ray's flying luke's ship yeah yeah um but anyways yeah it's coming in the lone lone wolf style and you know at first you're like okay x-wings where do we see okay could it be the rangers that we've seen that's that's that kind of stuff thing I but but then but there's then like one of them. One, two. and then you're like, okay, yeah. well, and it's got, and then it's got to be Luke at that point. Like, the closer it got to landing, I was like, oh my god, are we? Is this happening? Like, I was like shaking at that point. I was, yeah, I was. Plus, trying. we had kind of predicted it, although we we didn't predict it, that it would be the CG version, but we pre- we kind of predicted that it could be Luke because it's it makes Mike, sense. You're like, absolutely he out right for about that, but I never yeah. for a second it was like Spider Man in Civil War. Like, I never for a second imagined <laughs> it was actually going to happen. Yeah, like, I, I entertained the thought as a nerd, like as a yeah. fanboy and a geek. <laughs> a nerd. But like, I never in my wildest would have actually thought they would have been that bold to go for it. Because, you know, that's a make or break situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's only so much they, they have to get, they have to do it a particular way. They have to do it in, a, in an impactful way. Because it's like the fact that he is, it, it's that timeline, the fact that he's coming to be involved in this storyline that we haven't seen before in a, in characters we don't we don't know um yeah i i really i liked i liked grogu sort of reaching for the screen like oh mm-hmm. he feels the force uh, there's you know, that I, and like moff gideon goes from this like laughing hyena to like oh my shit oh, what's happening oh shit <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and yeah, then uh awesome. and then when he comes up the the elevator uh i i said to 
that the the droids wreck shop and then he basically does that to all of them <laughs> so oh yeah like they finally gave him so his, happy like, that it went moment. down like that like oh it's yeah, great like it had it to so go cool. down like vader in rogue one essentially right it's like yeah, finally, yeah, it's... like son um but yeah man it's just crazy so <sighs> and to me i think that's what they were hinting at too is that because in points of jedi when he's on the death star like you don't really believe that he's going to turn to the dark side. I don't think I never really did, but you know, there's, there's shades of, of him feeling the dark side and everything. And then that's, yes, I, I get it. Um, but here I feel like the way that he kills the droids, especially the last one, when he crushes it, like that's not something that we ever really see the light side Jedi's uh, use. They usually push them away or they just cut them up or whatever. And like, that seems like it's like an angry approach. Yeah. And I think that that moment of anger could make sense in that context, but also a genius move, making them droids to kind of pull it back a little and not make them go full murder rage. Yeah. Like, cause basically if it was stormtroopers and he was doing that to people, you'd be like, this is Luke Skywalker. Like what's going on? But because it's droids, he can really unleash the force. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Totally. Yeah, that's why it was well set up, well written. Like they thought of everything. It's like they thought of the whole season, knowing they wanted to give Luke this like awesome moment. It must be Favreau or Filoni or something being like, I don't know if they thought this, but kind of like the fans or we kind of want to see Luke be a badass. We've never seen the realization of Luke really using his full force powers when he becomes a master. Um, because when they gave us the new series, you know, too much time had gone. And they kind of rode him into this like recluse new Obi-Wan where he's like cut off from the force. He's no longer doing it. But there was a period of time where he was like this Jedi master, strongest Jedi in the world. And we yeah. just never got to see it in the movies. So we finally, for all the like Luke fans that have been dying to see him in his ultimate form, they gave us like this little like hallway battle scene taste. And it's awesome, right? So I but like with, that. You know, with the exception of whoever, it must be, a, I'm imagining a small group of internet trolls that was not down with this choice. But like most of us are pretty pretty pumped about the Luke sequence. And that is kind of like, even though I'm someone who loved The Last Jedi, it, I think it's redemption for everyone. Because like, I even I've been on that, that train of, no, 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 like he had a period, there's 30 years in between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. He definitely had a moment, like while he was trying to build the build up the Jedi, and he had a, a whole kind of peak era of Luke Skywalker that we just never saw, like you said, Mike. So it really yeah, just it, cool. They, it was like it was just they, like a nice finishing touch for Luke. They did it in a way like they had to be very tactful about it, but they did it in a way that can still make the Last Jedi and the new series make sense, right? Yeah. So that that's kind of like what's cool about it is that they they didn't have to like piss anyone off. They could give Luke the moment, give the people or whatever, maybe if they want to see it, see Luke finally like kicking ass. Um, now with the technology to do that and everything, right? Without kind of ruining anything that happened in the movies. So I like and, that. And I, I, I know that we're uh, sort of running along a little bit here in terms of we want to get to the end and everything. But <laughs> just speaking of The Last Jedi, I'm now thinking of all the people who had an issue with the fact that he was willing to go to that place and the fact that he was thinking, well, what do you mean this kid's going to be like, you cause more destruction to the galaxy than my own father? Like, that's crazy. But when you look at what the remnants of the Empire are working on with these dark troopers and everything else, like, that's crazy stuff. Like, 
you can imagine how over time he would kind of slip into a more fearful kind of, oh no, like what's going to happen to the galaxy kind of mode, right? Oh yeah, 100%. After being beaten down by all this crazy stuff. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree, for sure. I think, um, yeah, I think all you needed, like, look, like, look, we just had a five-minute discussion about who Luke is and was and how he got there off of him showing up and dispatching a bunch of droids. Like, yes. like that's all you need to sort of, like, dig a little bit deeper into it. And I think that that's actually really cool because, um, yeah, it just, it fleshes out a character, like you said, Ian, that we have, we didn't see that, that hint of what he was in those 20 to 30 years. And I think that we have a taste of that and we'll probably get a little bit more of it, however it ends up being, whether it's, you know, a, a separate series or whether it's, you know, side things or movies or whatever it might be. But, um, but I, I love that too. I like that we get a little taste of that. So, because um, yeah. so much can happen in that time frame. So, um, Man, I, I was completely like, I was emotional watching him murder droids. Like, it was so weird. Was like, great. I was like, I was in shock. Like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Great. And then yeah, it makes it even up, better and, now that they'd given us the other version of Luke that was sort of not satisfying a certain part of your, of your fan, people's fandom. So that when you see this now, it's like, oh, this is what, like, it's like a release. Like, oh, this is what. Luke yeah, the last set up was all just be... set up for you to get jazzed about the <laughs> yeah. Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they knew it all along. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eight, eight years ago, seven years ago, when they were when they were <laughs> teeing it up, they knew it. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to ruin Luke so that John Favreau can come back and save him. I'm not just kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Peyton Reed, man, I gotta say the direction yeah. of Peyton Reed uh, to go from uh, we mentioned it before, Mike, but to go from the episode that you least cared about directing the second episode of this season to directing the finale, like Peyton Reed really showed. Oh, was his that his too? Yeah, stripes, yeah. man. Yeah, he's a good director. Peyton I mean, he's a movie, it. movie, big movie director, right? This is the caliber they're getting for this show. This show is like a as good as um, oh, an hour of the show is good as an hour of a movie, right? So yeah. Um, I'd be interested to match up the runtime of both of these seasons with like a, a longer trilogy of sorts. Like, I think it's it'd probably be hours. pretty. Yeah, hours. like a Lord of the Rings trilogy then. Yeah, yeah. basically, um, or like two trilogies. Yeah. Um, and then, um, but with Luke, yeah, igniting the green, and you, so you don't oh, see who it is, it. but you see the green lightsaber, you see the black cloak, and then eventually the glove. The glove. And yeah. if you didn't know by that point. Yeah, definitely. Well, the, the lightsaber, knew. I was like, who else? I was trying, I was, I mean, I always liked the green lightsaber. It's always been my favorite. I think just because I really like Return of the Jedi, it's still like my favorite one and everything. So I think that's part, partially why I was like, ooh, I love the green lightsaber. But I was also sitting there going, wait, are they just messing with us? Like, does someone else have a green lightsaber that I can't remember off the top of my head right now? Like, is there, would there be, is there anybody else that has it? I don't know. I can't think of yeah. anyone. Definitely yeah, Return like, of the Jedi. Jedi on purpose and just to touch on that like you said okay he makes the ultimate choice at the end of that movie but at that point he's by himself with the sort of conflict whereas yeah. in the other areas where he's either taking down droids or he's storming java's palace at the beginning of return of the jedi he's sort of like he's doing it to save other people that are imminently sort of in his presence and that's why he's yep. getting extra aggressive with it right yeah for sure so yeah um and then, uh, and then I guess we get the emotional beat, right? He comes up, and well, I guess the emotional beat isn't Luke; it's 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 Grogu handing Grogu over. But uh, yeah, so Luke takes off the cloak, and we see the digital de-aged, de-aged actual Mark Hamill, though. Like yeah, de-aged. Well, um, I don't know. He if was people, on set. 
He was. Did he voice him for sure? Is that confirmed? He said he was he was keeping this secret for a year. So they must have shot that that just the scene of him that like final scene. They probably shot bits first. of it with him first. Yeah, and then like Peyton Reed directed the rest of the episode, kind of thing. Yeah, he's gonna stunt guy do the the lightsaber work, but I think the dialogue and stuff was was Mark Hamill. And then DH. sorry, you're right, you're right. It was Mark Hamill's dialogue. I can't remember the guy's yeah. name. Who it was Max Lloyd Jones, who was actually in the the room. body double, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Using so that Marvel de aging technology that they've yeah. been showing off for years. Marvel so, can now just de age anyone. Yeah, so my my Disney. thought on it was uh, was it's it's oh it's I mean I once I knew it was him I go how are they going to show him you know before he actually took his cloak off I go they can't it can't just be Mark Hamill it's just, it wouldn't really fit wouldn't make sense um, I don't know if that's just people that know exactly where the timeline is that it would just feel weird to me but like you can't put seventy five year old Mark Hamill in that episode right so I wasn't necessarily surprised I was. And I wasn't taken back by it. I was like, okay, that's what they did. But he also didn't do that much. Like he just sort of stood yeah. there, you know. So I, like, there wasn't it's a whole the lot uncanny of valley thing, right? But questions. I was so emotional. I think I just did wasn't even paying attention. Like I, I knew it was, but at the same time, I wasn't pulled out because I was so in. No, but I they've I'm, they've yeah. come across, over the uncanny valley in Disney. Like it now looks like uh, Samuel Good Jackson enough, was aged the entire. Captain America movie and it didn't look weird and they have that technology now and they can now pretty much if you have the actor alive you know one step farther is when the guy's gone can you make it fully CG recreation that looks exactly like him but as long as they're alive they have the technology now where it's there's no longer any unca- uncanny valley like it actually just looks like young them which is that's true crazy and technology. knowing Disney they can constantly improve on it and just not tell anybody like we, we live yeah. every in time world. you go back and watch it on Disney plus it'll be better yeah, yeah, like yeah. We, <laughs> we live in a world with this uh, deep fake technology that, like, Mark Hamill can be Luke Skywalker forever. Yeah. Like, they never have to recast out the younger actor. This is the world we live in now. Han uh, Solo do that, could be on that, that with point, the Joker in the next Harrison Batman. Ford. Maybe they should do that. That's, like, what, I'm, that's what I'm putting my hand up for. It's on a that weird point. They have the capabilities, that. but, like, I think that they put a lot of effort. It's clear that they put a lot of effort into how they approached bringing Luke back. And honestly, I think that's the last we're going to see from him. I don't think they're going to bring him in to other spinoffs and whatever. I think that yeah. this is his day in the sun in the new Disney era of Star Wars. I, yeah, they but, want to do a... Like, uh, they're going to maybe Academy do... Show. Yeah, but it, they might do some... But I'm telling you, down the line, they'll end up recasting, maybe going like fan favorite Sebastian Stan. But for this moment, they just wanted to give you the OG, Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker, for his final moment, I think. I, I don't. I honestly don't. And like I say that because like you know we got Vader and we thought that that's what that was for Rogue One. We know he's going to come back too with Obi Wan. So anything's possible. But that's just how I feel. At least for the next like couple series, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing like Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker again. Yeah. I don't well, think we'll like have... I would say never say never because yeah. it's 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 new technology now. But I'm telling you, 10, 15 years, it's not it's not going to be something that's new. Like they're putting James Dean in a movie using this technology like they're yeah. starting to we're just at the scratching the surface and at the precipice of this technology that's going to change the way movies are cast when you can now cast any actor 
living or dead. And in 10, 20 years, it's not going to seem so icky and weird. And they're going to be able true. to like release like a movie starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Yeah, so and people aren't going to like, gears on what I it's said. crazy. Yeah. Instead of, okay. So if it is inevitable that it's, we're going to see it again at some point, I'm just saying, I don't think it'll ever have the same impact as this episode of television. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. And oh, we, yeah. we're from a different generation. That's going to find that kind of like weird, but it's, it, you know, it's 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 just it's just something that's very interesting, and like, it's gonna be. in I guess society's gonna have to figure out like where we, where we like side on this whole like How we casting feel about it. of yeah. uh, like in of in the present. And, I think they you know? did it uh, the right amount in the sense that like yeah, people are gonna have a problem with it, but it's not like he was doing it for a whole episode or even a whole season. You know what I mean? So he was yeah. just there yeah. to serve a purpose at the mm-hmm. end. And he had minimal dialogue, and it was just. And they've know, teased it with Leia. They've teased it with uh, Peter Crushing. They've they've sort of shown you in the Marvel movies that they can like de-age an actor, you know, for a whole movie now. So it's like these little bits, and until it becomes the norm, we're just seeing it at at its beginning, which is kind of. And Disney is the is the main driver of all this crazy yeah. technology. So. It's cool. It's, it's starting to think like they, they did that solo movie just like a few decade or two too early, right? And so like <laughs> yeah. fast forward is 20 years when everyone, when uh, everyone, is, it's the technology around, everyone can just, Mark Hamill can play Luke Skywalker forever and they bring <laughs> yeah. back Han Solo. Are they going to bring back all the I don't know. Eric or are they going to make him look like See, Harrison I think Ford, if they right? do something like that Lando event and we see Han Solo, it's got to be Alden, right? Because he's part of that whole yeah. solo now, thing. At this point, yeah. But, but uh, you, you never know. You're right. Like you just said, it. it's, it's inevitable they're going to bring all these characters back and they're going to use all the technology that they have mm-hmm. at the ready. Now we do have we all we all love Luke Skywalker, everybody. I think we we're all on board on that. Uh, we have one more major surprise to discuss. Yeah, go for it, man. What do we got? Yeah, so uh, we haven't had any post credit scenes. There's always been the cool concept art at the end of a, an episode of yeah, The Mandalorian. that's the only downside to this one. There's no concept art. I no love No concept art. Things. They're so, so cool. <laughs> but I think it's because of the dramatic finale and the sort of sadness of the splitting yeah. of Yeah, Din it might, and Grogu. might take away from it for a bit. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, Luke taking Grogu from, from Din, essentially, with Din's permission. Um, but basically, fade to black, credits, and you're kind of just sitting, staring at the screen in awe of what you've just seen. And then you get... Boom! Shot of Jabba's palace on Tatooine. Yeah, and oh, when I saw that, I go, "Wait, what? Where are we going?" We're heading this? into another area here of uh, post uh, Skywalker saga Star Wars, so it's it's pretty interesting. So we've got the Book of Boba Fett. Boba, meeting a hacking puta. Open our feet. What kind of malintensity? Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I, I'm not good at, at these names from the, from the movies. I don't keep track Fennec of. Shan. Yeah, is that his name? He's sitting on he's sitting oh. on the throne. Oh no, sorry, sorry. You're think, th- talking about Bib Fortuna. That's it. The I was with a B. It was Big Fortuna. Yeah. Oh my he's god. Man, he's huge. Yeah. I don't know if he's uh, if he had a really big breakfast or what it was, but geez. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> um, exactly. I thought that was funny that that it was him. 
See like a parallel is. to Jabba, right? Yeah, I was like, oh, it's Jabba's palace. Oh, he's basically Jabba because he's fat now. <laughs> like, yeah, because I'm guessing one of your favorite se- scenes of Return of the Jedi was the opening scene with uh, C-3PO and R2 showing up, right? Yeah, well, and I love when Luke shows up. I love when Leia shows up. Like, I, I like that whole first 20 minutes of the movie. I really, really like that. I, th- I think it's cool, and I think it, it feels different enough from the other movies that they're that they're sort of... They don't really explain exactly what's going on until you see solo until Jabba points him out so and also um, i want to hear yeah. what mike thinks about this scene because it is kind of still tying everything to the skywalker saga in a way oh yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah but is uh, it in a good cool. way it is it is a good way if they're gonna do it they're doing it right you know what i mean so i think all of us are agreed like we'd like for star wars to move on from all these old characters and this time period that they're obsessed about like the original trilogy but hey if they're gonna do it uh i'm just gonna embrace it and be in for it now there's so such good like quality of what's coming out now and um like i if you ask me like do i would i want a boba fett series i would be like no like on tatooine i would be like no give me something new but hey i'll give them benefit of the doubt now because mandalorian was so good that that i'm 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 definitely gonna watch it so well they they created this great series so far like it's like a a anti-hero mm-hmm. version of Han Solo and Chewbacca with yeah, uh, Boba yeah. Fett and Fennec Shand. Yeah, so, but, I mean, they've created this great character, so why not use them now? And, and Robert also, Rodriguez is going to executive yeah. produce along with John, he, John Favreau and Dave He's Ford. going back to being, like, a legit bad guy now, because it's like he was always a bad guy working for the Empire. They brought him in this show, and he was only helping Mando because of the creed and he owed him a debt. So yeah. was he ever yeah. really a good guy, right? And that's interesting. So maybe it's going to be like a series actually following a villain. They're going to turn him back into like a big villain that matters and maybe helps the First Order get power or something like that, yeah. right? Like, so I wonder knows? if some Boba's yeah. book is some sort of hit list that he needs to cross people up. Yeah, that's the thing. The book maybe. thing, I don't, really, I don't really know what that means. Maybe it's um, just... Another excuse to use the word chapter before every episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chapter one, chapter. They two, do love know. doing that. Um, but yeah. there was, you know, there was always the rumors when we were going full blown Star Wars films. Uh, there was supposed to be one every year, and uh, eventually two, maybe every year. Um, so following the Rise of Skywalker, there was going to be another spinoff film, and it was supposed to be either the Obi Wan film or the Mangold was supposed to be doing a. Boba Fett bounty hunter thing, which I always assumed just spun off into the creation of the Mandalorian and just kind of dis- disassembled what they had there. But actually, yeah. what we could be seeing is films that they had in development now being turned into series, a la Obi Wan Kenobi and yeah. now Book of Boba. Well, Fett. and with and with Disney saying that they're focusing so much on their digital uh, approach now, that that might be exactly what it is, right? Like, why why not? You know, they probably had these discussions in the summer or in the fall. They yeah. announce, or, or even before that, really, because they would have had to film this a long time ago. But you know, they 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 filmed this little scene and bite and season, and the talk is kind of there that they're gonna prob- probably go towards a series instead of a movie. And then 2020 happens, and it's now almost not a no-brainer, but somewhat of a no-brainer yeah. approach. So I I get it, I, you know. And like Mike said, I don't know that I want to see a Boba Fett show specifically, but. You know, if it gives us a chance to sort of follow uh, the villains, which we haven't really done, you know, sure, I'll take that. I'll take a little bit of a different approach as long as it's not too 
uh, family friendly, so to speak. Like I think Mandalorian sort of ties that line. It's it's pretty safe for kids and everything. But I think if you have a Boba yeah, maybe Fett aside one, from the finale, though, I think it was pretty brutal. Yeah, it was pretty thing. violent. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. like cracking necks and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that too. Also, I was like, and like oh, the shot from Cara Dune that wouldn't normally happen off screen, I think. But in this one, it was yeah, they, full they blast show in it. Face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so uh, before before we keep going into the Boba Fett, this is the one note I said before. There's a one note that I wrote down about this is when he comes into the when when they come into the palace and he instructs his guards to go kill him. One of the words that he says is McClunky. McClunky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. It's just something to laugh at still, but I was just like, no, they didn't say that. So basically it means you're going to die is kind of what the meaning is or something. And and they're paying homage to Lucas even after he tinkered with their press. It's so funny. Which is hilarious. I I was like, oh my God. (laughs) All this gibberish, and then you hear McClunky. It's like, oh, of course, that's the at only the end thing of the I day, like, right now. <laughs> I don't know how Lucas feels about The Mandalorian overall, but at the end of the day, I'm done with hearing any criticism from him because all of this is such a love letter to him. It it's really unbelievable is. how like you could ever say anything bad about all this great stuff that's come from your trilogy. Well, and then the set um, of trilogy, set of trilogy, yeah, and then the uh, all the um, Clone Wars and uh, uh, Rebels. When the credits pull up after every episode, it says created by George Lucas, right smack in your face. It's the first thing in the credits. Right. So it's like, yeah, like just just take it for what it is. And yeah, he starts, if there's any criticism from him, just yeah, just leave it alone, man. Like just, and yeah. it's being done so well that just just shut up and leave it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, Mike, um, what, where do you think this series is headed then if we're at the end of season two and uh, Wolf and Cub have parted ways? Yeah, because I said, so we had actually speculation. This is actually what I wanted to talk about last week of what would happen to Baby Yoda. Was this going to be the end of Baby Yoda's arc? Because we, we did nail that the Jedi was going to come. And we thought yeah. if the Jedi comes, that Grogu called out for, what's going to happen to him? And I sort of said, like, I don't think you could have a Mandalorian show without Baby Yoda. I think he's equally the main character. And because it's a lone wolf and cub inspired type of story, there is no Mandalorian without Baby Yoda. And so when Baby Yoda left the with Luke, I was like, what's 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 happening? Um, they did give Mando the dark saber, which does set him up to be more involved in the world with Bo-Katan and everything because she really wants it. But um, then it, it cut to the end credits and the stinger where it was like the book of Boba Fett. And I thought maybe Mandalorian season three. I know this is not true, but I thought Mandalorian season three was going to be like the book of Boba Fett. And then, well, and then I was yeah. thinking, like, so the Mandalorian, the show, like, his name is Din Jaren, right? So the show called The yeah. Mandalorian, as long as it's about a Mandalorian, could right. be, season three could be Boba Fett, season four could be Bo-Katan. I thought that would be really cool, but that's sort of been squashed, and they said that the Boba Fett series is a standalone, and there actually is a Mandalorian season three yeah. with Din coming out in, like, three years, right? But to in between, honest, you're going to have all these other shows. a lot of people felt that way, right? Like, a yeah. lot of people thought that way, because um, realistically... It could have gone anywhere, and they were good at keeping a secret, which is what they did in the first season. Like nobody knew about Baby Yoda or AKA the child Grogu um, before the first episode aired, and that was kind of a big surprise. And then it exploded all over the internet, and it's been that way ever since. But they did that with this as well. They kept it a secret that they didn't announce it during Investor Day that there's going to be a Boba Fett series until they wanted it to be a surprise at the end of the finale. So yeah, it definitely it confused that, people. Uh, 
Everyone thought that that show coming out next December was Mandalorian season three, right? Everyone right. knew there was a show coming out, um, so they did replace Mandalorian season three with the Boba Fett the new season. Yeah. So it is kind of like it was kind of confusing the way they did that there. And then I also don't. So I was saying like, for me, I would be perfectly fine, totally under, totally acceptable for the Mandalorian starring Din to end after two seasons. I think they were amazing two seasons. I think things go too long these days. I think you could finish it off. And you have all these other great spinoff shows, and he could still pop up as a character, and Pedro Pascal could still play um, Din in other seasons, right? But then yeah. Ian, were t- me and I were talking, and there is actually a third season starring him, greenlit, right? Um, and fourth, I think. <laughs> and fourth, but there is all these shows in between. So I'm thinking maybe that show comes out in three or four years, and all these shows in between, something happens to Luke or Baby Yoda, and like they need to team up again three years down the line, right? Because we're gonna have. Yeah. 50, 60 hours or maybe 40 hours of Star Wars shows between now and then. So between now and then, I hope they find a way to get them back together. And yeah. season three is like them reuniting. And he pops up in the other shows. But yeah, definitely, definitely there'll be three, crossover because there's three yeah. spinoffs that take place in the time period of The Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and, I think that could be cool. And, yeah, and like, I think you, you know that like, is it the end? Or I think I teased that it might be just halftime, right? Um, Dave, where do you think the series is actually headed? Yeah, I honestly, I think, uh, like if they're actually going to, like, if it's going to take three, four years, whatever it is till the next season of this particular show goes on, there's like Mike said, there's tons of time for a bunch of stuff to happen. Um, I think that they have to tie it back to Grogu. They have to have some sort of tie in back to that because or at I least think check in on Grogu. Check. They have. There has Gross. to be some version of that because I really, I, I don't think that we specifically are going to go and like lose interest on it, but I do think that the general population. They're going to want to know, know what happened is, to the baby. They want to, that's why they're watching. You know, they're, they're watching because of the two of them and because of just the, the, the baby itself, you know, that, that, the child itself, that's, that's, that's what ties people in. We're nerding out over all the little details, but I yeah. don't think that's the majority of the, of the people that are watching it. So I think you have to find right. a way to do it. So it's uh, a that's point. sort of a cynical view, I think. But Well, it's a fair um, point. But Disney yeah. Plus did launch with The Mandalorian, and we had no idea that Grogu existed. Um, I know, but so now I mean, it's just... It was, yeah, I know. It's transformed, yeah. right? But speaking of transformations, for myself, I thought it was an epic ending to the show. Um, but we know it's going to go... The show must go on. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, I just see it as it definitely served its purpose, the whole wolf and cub thing, to take yep. this lone wolf and now make, he sort of has now the ability to love. We've seen he's completely changed man, um, and he's able to let go of Grogu and sort of they part ways. Now, both of these characters are very important, and they might just have greater destinies on their own paths, separate paths yep, that we sure. don't know of. I love how like everyone who's speculating a lot on the internet, they jump to the finish line. Star Wars isn't a race, it's a marathon. And they're jumping right to the end and going, well, does that mean Grogu gets murdered by Kylo Ren? And it's the last job. Like, you know what I mean? They're just like, completely like, basking. And it's like, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can put that on the Mandalorian. I don't know if you can say like, this show doesn't work because of things we don't know happened yet. Like, happened, it, it, yeah. we gotta see how it plays out. Maybe mm-hmm. you can go back and hate on it and say that didn't work but right now it's like it's an open canvas yeah and like why does why does uh Grogu have to be involved aside from 
Luke, like why, why like once the Jedi Academy separates, if that's where Grogu ends up as part of that group of, of students, if that's where he goes, which I guess is what they're basically saying, but let's just say if, why, why does he have to one die and why does he have to stick around in the same part of the galaxy as Yeah, we else? thought all the younglings died in the temple. Someone mm-hmm. grabbed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cal Kestis came in. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but someone <laughs> grabbed him. Right? So... <laughs> Yeah, so there's there's something there, right? Like there's there's a lot of ways they can go because we have a lot of time in between this episode and from what we heard of what happened with the academy and everything, right? So, uh, you know, we have at least fifteen to twenty years, probably somewhere in that in that range, maybe, um, yeah. to play with. So, you know, anything can happen, and they can move to a completely different part of the of the galaxy so and, and i'm fine with that i'm, I'm cool yeah with that, and i so. think mike raised some interesting points in terms of how the uh show is going to continue and you know will it be as powerful and you said it yourself like will it be as powerful as the whole uh, mandalorian din Djarin, and grogu dynamic but i i mean you you have to notice that they were planting new plot threads for the show to continue with the whole angle of the Darksaber and the fact that maybe this guy is ready for leadership now that he's been through this transformation. Is there right. going to be a conflict or is Bo-Katan going to yield to to Din and, and is he going to try and take on... Because I think the show The Mandalorian, it's just going to dive deeper and deeper now that we've gotten our feet wet in terms of like the Mandalorian culture and stuff that we haven't seen. That we don't know even, that much about. Yeah, Even from, you know, sure, Mandalorians are from the animated series, but not everybody. That's not the main population you know, like the, the right, casual viewers are the live action viewers. Yeah, they keep hinting at through this season that it's like your Mandalorian doesn't mean that you're you're Mando. Doesn't mean that you're wearing that art. Like just because they wear that armor, it, like it's more than that. You know, there's yeah. more of a population. There's more of a uh, of a population to that, and it's just I think that's interesting. I think that's probably where they'll go. Yeah, and I think you'll see the armor pop, pop back up because there's going to yeah. be conflict on both sides, right? Is he yeah. going to fight Bo-Katan for the Darksaber? Is he going to fight the armorer because she's pissed that he dropped his, you know, oh, yeah, show to space, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot yeah, of... She was really cool, areas. too, so... <laughs> and and, and it maybe, maybe doesn't sound as exciting as the finale here, but look what they built in two seasons. So, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's, it's pretty... It's in safe hands. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. I think that's if we've gotten this far and been this excited and can have enough of a discussion like this about it yeah. and where it goes and where it's been, then I like don't we're see borderline, why we can't. We're borderline Rise of Skywalker levels of discussion on Mandalorian right now. Like oh. the, this is like the length that we went on that. Like we're we're pretty much approaching that with, with I, this. One I looked show, that up so. again, man. We went over two hours on that. I think we went the runtime of the film. To of be the film, honest. I think we did. But yeah. there was also four <laughs> of us weighing in, or five. Yeah, of us there was. In. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was a it was a team effort. Yeah, <laughs> a big roundtable team effort. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? We're gonna. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think that's that's pretty deep. I think. And let me just deep, say, so. based on the length of time that we've been talking, this might not apply. But if we do end up in episode seventy-seven, that's the Star Wars episode, baby. That's it. Yeah, man. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, and I think this uh, this is going to be our last one before. Uh, for those that celebrate Christmas, this will be the last one before Christmas hits. We may have one before uh, New Year's hits, but either way, if we even if we don't, in the next couple of episodes, I would say after this, we'll talk about all the shows and and movies and games and stuff that we enjoyed from the last year. Which I know is not necessarily going back to our childhood, but there's definitely a few games and movies and shows that we've sort of touched on 
over the year that uh, that we've really enjoyed as well. We always kind of like looking back. 2020 has been a bit of a uh, shit show, and it'd be nice to sort of wrap it up in a nice bow and talk about what we enjoyed rather than how difficult it's been for so many people, right? So we're going to try and uh, yeah. gush our way through the year if we can to in, a, in the next couple of episodes and sort of talk about that, pick our sort of favorite movies collectively and TV shows, which, spoiler alert, is likely going to be this um <laughs> here episode uh, 77 and 2020 has a nice ring to it just not bad not bad <laughs> 77 was my hockey number growing up too that i always there wanted so even better there you go <laughs> um in the meantime i guess everyone if you want to follow us on social media at day back in is where you'll find us there uh we have our twitch channels which have also have been pretty quiet the last few weeks because life happens and it gets in the way but in the new year we're going to try and broadcast our recordings if we can or at least record them and put them up um but you can always find us there too back in my day games and back in my day plays and mm -hmm. uh yeah let us know uh what you think of the show find us in all your podcast apps and tell your friends and give us a couple of star ratings or five if you want if you think we're that good probably not but that's okay too and uh ian that's about it man Thanks, i know it was uh, a great time as always talking star wars with my yeah this time we did a nice early morning recording we had our coffees and uh now we're going to need our second one because I think we just wore it all off for talking. So <laughs> <That's> Yeah, <laughs> it's probably good that we're putting a bit of a timestamp on this because I could probably go on forever. Oh, honestly, talking like about this. Yeah, like I, I'm not working today. I could I could go on all day. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's only 10 a.m. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, anyone who's listening Ian, yourself included, uh, happy holidays. Everybody stay safe and we'll yep. talk to you soon. Happy New Year. Okay.